Hey, Calvary Church, it's Chris here, your St. Charles campus pastor, and I am joined by... Uh, Dan, uh, your Mid-Rivers campus pastor. And we have kicked Brad out of the studio today. He is in Disney vacationing, and we are just informed he rode the Ratatouille ride just moments ago, so... Yeah, yeah. I hope they're having a great time, him and his wife and kids, and uh, getting some rest. So yeah. he's certainly put in his work. What, what, what's that phrase that you say? Uh, earned his corn? Is that? Yeah, Brad earned his corn, and now he's on vacation. That. What do you do with your corn when you're on vacation? What happens <laughs> next? I'm not sure. You probably just store it away and, okay. and, and cherish it and, and stop working so hard. Well, so. uh Enjoy your corn, Brad. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're talking about work in church. So yeah. yeah, go for it. And, you know, he's missing the deep dive. So I'm sure the Disney's okay, but we get to be here with our people. We, we know where his heart's at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're talking about just do something, which yeah. is kind of what we um, had in our, our sermon series on what do I do with my life? And in this series, you know, we're kind of hitting on Ecclesiastes verse like once every uh, sermon, and then we're kind of expanding in some other like topical and passage type things. But really, yep. we're, we're always kind of aiming at this question of what do I do with my life? And so we've kind of talked about which path do you choose? And as you walk along that path, who's with you? And Yep. In your work and your vocation is a huge part of that path. And how is that worship? How is that meaningful? How do you find direction? Um, and then for this Sunday, um, you know, we really talked about, okay, um, how do we escape the paralysis of analysis? Like, how do we actually mm. enter in to the thing and the work yep. and the direction itself? How do we confidently do something? When we don't have all the answers, like when yep. we don't have the entire chart mm. plotted, when we don't have the entire roadmap of our life, and there's uncertainty, and there's flexibility, and there's circumstance, and there's pivoting that happens yep. in life stages. Like, how do we get to the place where we can, uh, within the framework, or love God, love people, yep. make disciples, do the things, the mattering things in front of us, even if we don't have every particular or circumstance figured out. So that's kind of where we live. So I'm just yep. going to kick it to Dan just for a minute or two. Um, how did, you know, yeah. in, in, in what happened here at Mid-Rivers Campus yeah. um, and what you guys dove into, um, what are some kind of cool things you landed on in kind of this just do something theme? Yeah, I think um, for for me and, and conversations I've had since uh, since Sunday, um, I, I, I guess I, I think the thing that, that I would say we kind of experienced together was a sense of, of um, being empowered as the people of God mm -hmm. to be agents of Jesus' kingdom, um, that we – it's not just a nice idea that we're part of his kingdom. It's not just a, um, a fallback thing. Well, if nothing else works out, at least I'm a believer in Jesus' kingdom. Like, right. No, like in, in Scripture, the idea of being part of that kingdom is an idea that's filled with agency and a degree of expectation. Mm -hmm. um, so like today, I guess what I'm processing and thinking through a little bit further um, would be like in the really practical parts of life where you really do have maybe it's maybe it's not choices to make because we talked about that which way do i go but maybe like um like like discerning choices the kinds that like if i if i take this road this path i'm going to be on it for a while 
Um, I don't know if you've, I, well, I'm pretty certain you've gone canoeing and kayaking mm-hmm. and all of that. And sometimes yeah. you're on a river and with your best read of the river, you kind of pick a, a lane, right? You pick yeah. a side of the river or maybe it splits and you, you try to read that and go the right yeah. direction. But there's some commitment in that. Yeah. Um, and there is this, there is this sense of like, you're going to end up probably having difficulty either way. You're going to have white water one way or trees down the other, whatever. Um, but you, you got to go with that. And the, the thing we can't do, I think, and I, I, this would be the negative side. I think we kind of landed on, we just can't sit still waiting for the right conditions. Right. That, that's the one thing we are not afforded. Um, I think part of that has to do with the nature of life. Part of that has to do with our call and the presence of God. And uh, part of it has to do um, with the nature of our own hearts. Because I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of doing something in the name of wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that has pretty good consequences. Because if we're not choosing to love God and love neighbor now, yeah, like doing it later um it's it's just a bit of a myth that i'm going to do those things later well right so yeah yeah i really like how you put that that is a myth right like if we're waiting for the circumstances to be perfect if we're waiting just for the weather to change or to get some miraculous sign like that day's probably never going to come like in the broken world in which we live we actually are called to do the mattering things, even when the circumstances and situations yeah. aren't ideal. Yeah. Um, and actually, we could probably say that's when the gospel and the transformed people of God shine brightest. Yeah. Is because in the world that's experiencing the curse, like there's water, there's water of life being offered, yeah. like in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this: What is in your estimation, what are like some of the biggest, or maybe just name one of the biggest fears we have when it comes to like mm. just walking into something that uh, God has for us? Like what paralyzes us? What keeps us from doing the things, yeah. the mattering things? Um, well, I, I do think sometimes we don't want to do those things. Yeah. Like at our core that sometimes the, um, what does Jesus say to Peter at the end of uh, the gospel of John? Say, when you were old, someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Yeah. Um, Henri now, and uh, we've been reading that together uh, in, internally and um, his third chapter in his book, In the Name of Jesus, or third unit, it, it talks about being led where we don't want to go. Yeah. And I guess on the surface, that sounds bad, that maybe we don't really want the mattering things. But I, I also think there's some honesty in that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's one of the tensions in our heart. Sometimes it requires courage. Most of the time it requires us um, wanting what God wants more than what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, practically speaking, that's really hard to say how that might play out in someone's life. But it might look like having um, a less than ideal work situation and still putting in a full day's worth of work all day, every day, even if you're working from home and no one's really checking in. Um, yeah. Or it maybe it means, maybe it's more uh, a family situation. Like um, I, families who have kids with particular challenges are kind of near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, some days are harder than they should be because mm-hmm. of those challenges. 
But I think a major question is, is this the mattering thing that God has for me? Like, is this tantrum that's in front of me right now just the bane of my existence? Or is this an opportunity to do something with the love and the grace and the joy that God's given? Um, and that second one is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hard to do Yeah, when you're getting screamed at, yelled at. Um, there's a lot of, I would imagine there's a lot of uh, people who could listen who have uh, whether they're teenagers or young adults who like part of the issue is they don't want much to do with faith right now. Part of the issue is the, their own decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, this question, what do I do with my life gets asked a lot, mm-hmm. but I think the world's really consistent answer is don't do the wrong thing right now. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think parents are in a really interesting place. Um, especially parents who maybe are a little older and from a generation where just do something made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And so now they're trying to coach and they're trying to mentor and they're trying to encourage faith and the world's changed and shifted and it's just hard. But those mattering things like, um, we either invest in the, in the business that God has given us or we don't like the, yeah. we looked at the, the parable, um, of the, um, not the talents that's in Matthew 25, but the parable of the minas. Okay. Uh, so very similar. I think Jesus told the same kinds of stories multiple times, but this one in Luke stuck. And one thing's very clear is the only outcome we really can't get to is blaming the, the king or blaming the business. Um, and so <laughs> loving God, loving others is not easy work, um, but it is ours to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, that, that's really good stuff. And I, I think there is, to what you were talking about, there is a big fear of a misstep. Um, like I've seen this play out a ton in my generation. We went from wanting to do everything with little wisdom about if it was actually helpful or not to a place of if we think we might make a misstep, like it's better just not to do it all together, which I think is an unhealthy shift to the opposite side of the pendulum. And toxic charity does exist. Helping that is actually hurting when you're well-intentioned but unwise does exist. But if we're waiting for our decision-making to be perfect the side of glory before we take the first step, um, we're going to be waiting until we die. I yep. mean, and and so there, something in that though is actually a deep-seated pride that is a false humility yep. that says my decisions and the cards I play and the path I take is actually the most powerful thing. Where in reality, uh, take the first couple steps, you may misstep. Yeah. You may trip on a log. You may stub your toe on a rock. But like God's grace and mercy and his plans and his will yep. and his sovereignty is going to reign in your life even when you're an idiot. Probably especially yeah. when you're an idiot. You yeah. know, like <laughs> I, I do think that's important. Like what's whose story are we in? Um, is yeah. God in my story or am I in his? Yeah. And if I'm in his, then um, then I'm going to do what I can with what he's given me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, nobody wants to look back over a period of their life or a stretch of time and say, oh, I shouldn't have been involved with that or my heart's really changed. But yeah. um, Reggie Joyner, uh, he's with uh, the Orange Group. He, um, he said something back around the time of the stay-at-home part of pandemic yeah. that's really stuck with me. He, he talked about changing our minds, like changing our minds and coming to new places of understanding is kind of one of the gifts in life. Um, 
and that's not something to be embarrassed or ashamed of. So uh, let's let's take your um, what what I'm thinking right now is in the in the world of like the uh, helping when it when it hurts or toxic charity. Like it's true, we have learned a lot about what benevolence can be and should be, but. Um, if we use what it's what's gone wrong for reasons to not be benevolent and just get wrapped up in entertaining ourselves, like, are we really making a choice for the better? Um, or is the braver thing to do to take the wisdom that's been learned and do the harder thing and mm-hmm. figure out how to help? I One thing that's really cool locally, and it's not faith-based, but a um, number of years ago, our St. Charles Community Council went after a program called Coordinated Entry. Because there were um, there are so many organizations that want to help homeless or near homeless persons in the area, um, but to coordinate all of that really takes a lot of effort. Um, is it a perfect system? No, but they've been trying to apply what is known as wisdom in the in the benevolence world and in the non nonprofit sector to bring people together to really support. Um, people in need, but also to do it with a system of care that maybe maybe moves um, out of, you know, or away from homelessness and into solution kind of focused stuff that's yeah. very partnership based and, and very empowering for the people involved, and um, at least as I understand it. So I think we have a lot to learn um, yeah. in, the, in the church, but... So we've talked a lot about circumstance. We've talked about our own competencies and the climate around us and how these things Mm -hmm. can paralyze us if we let them. Yes. Let's talk about superstition a little bit. Yeah. Because I do think also we fall into the trap of not just things have to be perfect, but I also need a miraculous sign. Almost like I need the burning bush or I need the massive star like the wise men get. It seems oftentimes instead of just saying, love God, love people, make Mm -hmm. disciples, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, Colossians 4, instead of that, it's more of, okay, I need an extraordinary call. I need a clear pathway. I need something so blatantly obvious that I just absolutely know God is in it. And sometimes we'll wait for that forever. So... What do you think that is? How do you think that shapes and impacts us? Because um, yep. I do think if, if circumstance is a big bucket of things that paralyze us, I also think um, sometimes like, you know, I, m- I mentioned on Sunday, like baseball players oh, are man. extremely superstitious. Very. Like if you go four for four, if you have, if you oh, yeah. throw oh, yeah. a one hitter, 100%. you're going to eat the same things dress in the same thing. I'm so sorry for that noise. This is what happens when we don't have Brad. We're, We're like threatening to break this. Well, he's talking about baseball. Um, I mean, I yeah, had to do the... Yeah, getting excited. That's right. <laughs> 2011 World Series only let the tips of my toes touch the ground oh my with my left leg in the air, and the Cardinals won. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So like, but, you know, and we make fun of that. You know, we probably make fun of um, a variety of superstitions. Yeah. You know, we would... Sometimes we might laugh at like people who base their whole lives around a horoscope. We're like, sure. okay, that's probably not wise. Yeah, but we can fall into those same trappings. So I'm curious what yeah. you think about this. Yeah, I I think that's actually a wonderful point. Um, okay, so in superstition, if I'm hearing you right, yeah. that superstition is 
I can't really do the best things yes. unless I get a clear sign, call, mm-hmm. trajectory, sense, vision, dream, yes. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's looking for supernatural causation yeah. Yeah. In, in everything. Yeah. Where, you know, whether it goes good or bad, oh, supernatural causation. Yeah. I spilled my coffee. God is judging me. Yeah. Or you know, devil, kinda, devil, you know, devil's haunting me today. And yes. yeah. Or like, oh, that thing went well. Um, that was absolutely God's blessing. Yeah. Which it may be. Uh, but also, you may just be enjoying a sin that later on the line is going to reap like horrible consequences. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're on to something. Um, I think that when it comes to uh, superstition, I, I, I actually kind of, I feel like there's something deep down that I would describe as um, either a deep misunderstanding of who we are as people, yes, as God sees it. Um, and potentially a deep misunderstanding of how God intends to work in our lives. Can God speak? Yes. But it's kind of like, um, it, 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 okay, so if you're a hunter, you want to go into the woods and put yourself in a position to hear a turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're, if you're, it's tr- it was just turkey season. Okay. And you kind of do the game. But if the turkey's not there, like you keep working and keep moving. You don't just sit and wait all day for just any turkey. I found this out. The first time I went turkey hunting, I, I did it wrong. You were like stagnant. Sat all day. Sat on the same acre. Same place. Oh, like Danny. less than that. Same block. Okay. The whole time. Okay. So, and since then, I've kind of learned like part of the goal in turkey hunting is to put yourself in a position to hear that, you know, call of the turkey and be in- involved. I think like what God gives us, I, th- I think that if we put ourselves in a position where we are, there's a difference between being patient and waiting on God and being stubborn to the point we're not doing anything because we just don't think God's given us enough in front of us right now. Yeah. And that's the, that's the line. You know, yeah. um, I think a patient person who's waiting on God is still going to find productive ways to love God, love neighbor. They're not going to gonna, um, refuse to act yeah. The person who's kind of bordering on the superstitious is suggesting to themselves and sometimes even to others that, well, what I'm doing doesn't matter because God's going to call me to something else or yeah. I'm, I need something big. Um, th- Jesus said something really interesting to the Pharisees of his day mm-hmm. and love to hear if you think it applies. But he said at one point, um, woe to you who... Uh, who, who say to your father or mother, whatever help you would have received for me is Corbin, a gift devoted to God, who like basically their mother and father in front of them was a need. But they would say this, this money, um, this is for God and I can't give it to you because it's for God, mm. you know, almost as if that's currying favor, you know, I'm, I'm investing in the godly stuff and I'm ignoring my parents right in front of me. And Jesus said, like, you're ignoring the, the fourth commandment or is it the fourth or fifth of, of, of God, yeah. like to honor your father and mother. Yeah in order to do this other religious thing. And I, I think the subtext is this one makes you feel good. Yeah. This one is what God wants you to be about. Yeah. Um, I think we do that a lot. Yeah. Or at least we're tempted to it. What do, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. I think that's a really good point is, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Like in, in that text, it's, it's kind of claiming a pseudo holiness 
yeah. that doesn't really exist. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, saving this for the house of God. How dare you question how I use it? Yeah. Well, the person in front of you who you should be loving starves, right? Like another one of the woe to use is like you're tithing mint and dill, yeah. these very valuable things, and like the people around you are not cared for. Um, so yeah, I do think it, it's almost ironic to say this, but it's like sometimes there is an over spiritualization of the ordinary, highly spiritual callings that God gives us in everyday life. Yeah, um, it's like to do the ordinary, mundane, overlooked things faithfully for God, the mattering things, like to to change the diaper or like whatever it is. You know, we just had Mother's yeah. Day, right? That's one of the things I brought up. Is like. 90% of what our moms do that is so precious to us are like very invisible, yep. unseen things that just mean the world. Yep. But only so f- little is like seen or appreciated or gets the celebration. Yep. Um, so I, I know it's ironic to say that, but it's like, man, we'll, we'll attempt in our false humility to over-spiritualize these practices that are seen by others, yep. like the Pharisees praying in the street. And we will neglect the ordinary, invisible things that deeply matter. And I would argue the things that echo into eternity, even yeah. if they don't get the applause now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the people who really inspire um, and impress me are those who can do uh, intentionally devoted things yes. and everyday very mundane things and hold those not in tension with each other, but very close to each other. Yeah. The family who can sit down and have a time of prayer or devotion and hear each other at the dinner table and be kind. I think the, the ones that scare me are probably the ones who do the spiritual thing yeah. and think that's that makes it all good enough yeah. and then doesn't do the everyday things of, of hearing, you know, and, and of, of listening and talking and sharing and being emotionally present and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, best time in my life that when I look back, I had a, okay. I was, I was in uh, a, a real uh, nincompoop, I think is the word Okay, from like dunderhead, eight, dunderhead, dunderhead. That's a good word. So especially after college, I, I had the opportunity to get a four-year degree. Thanks, mom and dad. That was wonderful. Um, and after that, I, man, I floundered. Mm-hmm. I didn't hold a job for more than, there's like a three-year span where I didn't hold a job for very long. I kept trying new things. It wasn't going well. And I got kind of to this bottom place of my existence. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a quarter-life crisis. And it became like, yeah. I need to just do something. Yeah. Um, and it was actually a really sweet place to be. So at first, uh, with Jackson Brothers Vending, shout out. I don't think you're all are in business anymore, but y'all were wonderful. <laughs> I got to stock vending machines and I got to commit to just doing something. And then shout out to Willot Road Christian Academy, also no longer working. I hope that's not a theme. Um, I, but I got to work <laughs> as a PE teacher. Thank you, Mrs. Bixler. And that was really, really cool. And yeah. from then stuff started making sense, but it, it felt like it got me prepared for this moment when I chose to go back to seminary. I wasn't in ministry at that point. I was just at my church. Yeah deciding to do something. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, what I thought should have been my first ministry opportunity didn't materialize. Yeah. But rather than use that as an excuse to eject, like, long story short, I felt like my call in that time, Mandy and I believed, our call was to not make things about us at the church we were at, but to be peaceful. 
Yeah. And it was really cool. We wound up with a tremendous ministry, um, wound up in seminary, wound up working for that church later in a much healthier part, part of my life. Yeah. But my favorite role was right before that. I went to seminary. I had to leave the school and I went to go work at the YMCA, St. Charles County Family YMCA. Mm-hmm. Dude, what good people. And I ended up, um, my job consisted mostly of folding towels and spraying off uh, workout equipment. Okay. The highlight of that job is my like 80-something-year-old grandma came in and I got to physically train her, mm-hmm. like to use weight machines. That, yeah. was, that was dope. Physical trainer, Dan. It was great. I still fold towels the same way. Okay. But that, that um, once I just accepted that whatever opportunity was going to be there was like God was responsible for. Yeah. Man, I, I had some of the best conversations. Like yeah. in terms of like faith conversations, that mm-hmm. was some of my favorite moments. Yeah. I had, to be honest, I probably had more openness to what the gospel story is there than, or maybe it's just different than, than sometimes I do in the church. Like sometimes in the church, I feel like I'm having to peel back layers of tradition yeah. to talk about the gospel. And there... I was just folding the towel and like people to ask about stuff and we'd talk about life and everything. Anyway, was it glorious? No. Was it special? Yes. Um, But it definitely for me was a just do something window of time. Yeah. I would put, I would push back. I think I actually disagree with you. I think it actually was glorious. Like I think our definition definitions of greatness and glory have to like be redefined. I, I accept that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So here's where I, here's where I, we'll land. Um, I think the irony that your sh- your story just shows so well is that in the paralysis of analysis or our own anxiety or our own fears, not doing the mattering things, like not just doing something, will actually lead to us not being able to do the mattering thing we have visions of grandeur about, hmm. like the wise men. Yeah. They get the star in the sky, the supernatural event. They get a sign, like a physical sign to follow. But guess what? They had 40 years or whatever of studying astronomy charts. Yeah. Like over in dimly lit wee hours of the night before they could recognize the extraordinary thing Mm. of the story that God was going to have them do. That's good. Now, in the canon, in scripture, um, we don't get that work. Right. Like in writing, that's the invisible work. They just did something like they did the scholarly work yep. necessary. And it leads to this 5% of visible work that yep. is actually this massive thing that's celebrated. Um, but they would have never got hmm. there without the invisible just doing something of the mattering things for the 40 years prior. Yeah, And I think that's what I don't want our local church, Calvary Church, like that's what I never would want us to lose is that in the fear that what we're doing is not fast or famous or extraordinary, um, we don't do the things that God actually might use later on hmm. to actually have that like 1% of extraordinary, like that moment yeah. where everything clicks. Like, I don't want us to miss out on that. It's a good word. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Go, well, go do the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just do it. All right, so we are. That's going to be a wrap for this deep dive. And um, next deep dive, you know, we promise that Brad will be back in full force to lead the ship and and not break the equipment of the broadcast room. But we are so uh, grateful just to be with you, to sit with you, and hopefully some of the stuff we said was encouraging and can help build you guys up. Uh, we love you guys, and this is just kind of our our sign off. So we'll see you, Calvary Church.
Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.